Hello, and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. How super exciting. Today I have Christina here from coaching the artist way and this is a fellow coach also a great friend we did a lot of journaling together and I tell I just I, I gotta say when you speak it's just like liquid gold coming out of your mouth so no no pressure for you today but okay. I'm so excited that you're here uh let us like this podcast is all about real women getting real results in the real world and you know you inspire me you're in Australia I'm in New Zealand you just do some crazy, amazing stuff. So tell us something about you and, yeah, give us some background on who you are and what you're passionate about. Well, first off, Ursh, thank you for having me. And um, even though I am in Australia, I'm an ex-Pat Kiwi. So um, I'm born and bred uh, in the Wairapa and uh, grew up in Lower Hutt. So I'm very much a New Zealand girl at heart. And how and long have you been in the- Australia, hun? 43 years. My son was two months old and he's now 43. So a long time. So I've lost my Aussie accent, but I haven't, uh, my Kiwi accent, accent, (laughs) but I haven't, um, I haven't lost my Kiwi heritage. Yes. Consider myself a Kiwi. All the Kiwis are celebrating you right now. (laughs) Awesome. Although I love Australia. I do love Australia. Yeah. And I'm very blessed to be here and I just love it here. So yeah. my background is um, I um, I actually gave up on life um, before I came into coaching and art. I've always been an artist, but um, after my second divorce, I thought my life was over and I was in my 40s and I actually sat on the couch for, 40, uh, for 10 years going, well, I'm going to die now, so I might as well just sit here and wait for it to happen. And after 10 years of doing that and it didn't happen, I thought, shit, I must have some more time left. So what am I going to do? And so I went back to school at 50. Mm. I went back to school and I got a diploma in visual arts, fine arts. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? You know, like, how can I, how can I, you know, do something with this art? Cause I'm so passionate about it. And um, I was just about to open my art studio at home and COVID hit. And um, mm. I'm like, well, shit, that is really put a spanner in the works. What am I going to do? Not knowing what was in front of me with, um, you know, all of the isolation. We were in the most isolated town in the whole wide world, being Melbourne. You you were locked down longer than any other Anybody else in the entire world, yeah, we were locked down. But we didn't know any of that at the beginning. But I had a sense of something. And I said to my son, I said, I've got to do something um, so that this time, however long it's going to be, and we just thought it was going to be a couple of months, um, is worthwhile. So I actually joined um, the Coaching Institute and started to train as a personal life coach. And it's taken me two years to develop into using my art and my coaching into changing people's lives. And um, that's what I'm coming to now. Like it's, I'm settling in now. I'm actually coaching artists so that um, they can be artists and really enjoy what they're doing, 
but also take care of the business side because a lot of artists, there's an adage out there that says artists are starving artists and that you have to be, um, in order to be successful, you have to starve or die. Like, you know, you're dead, then you make some money. And I think that's utter bullshit and it's a story that everyone has just told us and people have picked up and run with it. So I want to flip that on its head and I want to train artists and teach artists how they can run a successful business but it not take up too much of their left brain space so that they can still create and uh, be epic and awesome humans. So first of all, let me acknowledge and celebrate you at age 50, turning your whole life around, going back, getting educated, finding something and living something that you're extremely passionate about. Yeah. Like that's outstanding, isn't it? Because we're constantly evolving. We're forever growing. And like, who would know that you will be the person that you are today. You're helping people, you know, tap in to the artist way as well, which I think is just remarkable. And imagine if you had to sit on the couch for another 10 years, honey. I know. I know. And I often think about that. And I think, gosh, I thought my life was over, not realizing how much of my life I had left. And now I'm like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to cram all of this in in, in 10 or 20 or 30 years? And I'm like, I'm tra- I'm planning beyond like what the natural age limit of women is, because I've got so much that I want to do now. Um, and what I would really love to be able to do is impart that into people, not just women, but people to say, you know, in your twenties and your thirties, let's have a look at what you want to do for the rest of your life. Cause you've got so much time. You just don't realize. Yeah. And, and 10 years is a long time, you know, like it's a huge amount of time when you think now. So when did you first become interested in your, in your career, like for, as an artist? I think that I have always had the artistic spirit with inside of me. So I knitted and I crocheted and I did tapestries and I like had all of those make it books and bake it books and all of that when I was yeah. little. I was a girl guide and um I have actually- girl guides today even that still have girl guides. Yeah. Are we allowed to go door knocking now? That was the best oh, I don't know. We used then to they did the chocolate the covered. Yeah, yeah. Chocolate covered and plain, you know, oh, with a girl guide chocolate. emblem. On yeah. It. Yeah. And um, and I yes, I used to sell those. And I got all of my badges. So I did all my crafty things. I was actually a Queen's Queen Scout in New Zealand, um, which is the highest um guide award that you can get, which was really cool. Um, so I set a lot of badges to do that. And a lot of that was creative in its nature. And um, so if I, as long as I was doing something with my hands and it was a bit of a challenge, then I was there, I was in there. So it's always been a part of me. Um, something that sort of changed, I've had a family member with mental health issues, which has you know truly affected my life. So I've also become passionate to how art can actually heal and how human development combined with art can actually change a person's brain. So I've also been looking into that area too and practice, practicing it on a family member um, to see and, and like the progress that they've made just by a positive mental attitude and by having a future to look forward to as opposed to the diagnosis that the doctor gives them. Um, it's just changing stuff. And, you know, if I can speak into that area, that's another passion that I've got as well. Yeah, share more about that. So how have you managed to do that? Like, this is fascinating to me because I think it's an untapped market and I could be wrong about this. Yeah. You know, like, this is what I love about your work. Mm. It's it's not, it's not just in one little box. 
No. You know, it's like a little box inside another box inside another box. Yeah. I guess there's complexities to what I've been through. I've had a lot of life experiences, I suppose. And caring for a loved one with a mental illness is, well, there's a lot of carers out there that are unpaid carers, number one. So yeah. I just want to acknowledge how many people actually care for someone and don't get paid to do it. It's just a phenomenal job. And the cost of that, not just financially, is that, the person who's doing all the caring also suffers in many different ways. So if they don't ever find an outlet mm -hmm. for their frustration, they actually carry in their bodies all of the stress and the strain of, of doing that um, and being that carer person. And um, so having gone through that myself and in many different ways, uh, being quite unwell as a result of that, I can resonate with why art gives you such a freedom to express yourself in a way that is non-threatening, in a way that meets yeah. you where you're at so you don't particularly have to have a skill. But then when you're finished, you've actually got the evidence in front of you of the painting or the artwork or the stitching or the knitting. So you've got something to say, well, I, I actually bloody well did something, you know, for me. Um, and that evidence is um, often proof enough to propagate a healing a healing process yeah it's fascinating to me because it's an untapped market yeah and I would love for you to share with us what's some of the biggest transformations that you've seen with clients that you've been working with in the last few years because I know there's been so many of them and you've yeah. run workshops and you know mm -hmm. it's connecting yeah and, and you've worked with people like me who don't feel like they're artistic at all yeah, I, I say to I say to my clients, if you can hold a pencil, and what have I got here, a pen? If you can hold a pen, then I can teach you how to do art. And um, there's one uh, program that I run called the Picasso Experience yeah. uh, where I actually get people to do a portrait of themselves. And they all come, you know, lots of people come to this workshop and they go, you know, I, I, I can't paint and I think it's very doubtful that you're actually going to be able to help me to overcome this problem in a three-hour class. And I'm like, yeah, challenge accepted. And they go away at the end and they're like, oh, my God, was that three hours? Like, how did that go so quickly? And, wow, did I do that? Like, and it's just by breaking the techniques down and bringing it into its simplest forms that I'm able to step people through one bit by one bit by one bit. And it's just a different way. It's a mindset challenge, actually, to be completely honest, because you think that you can't draw or you think that you can't do something. But if someone holds your hand and, and step by step shows you how, you're like, oh, well, I can pick up a pen. Oh, well, yes, yeah. I can make that mark. Oh, well, yes, I can join that to that. And but you oh, need an oh. expert, right? Like this is the thing. Like oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I and I could I could have all the limiting beliefs in the world, and when it comes to you know art, I definitely have that. So I could overcome that, but it's actually having someone with the right expertise that can actually guide you through, so that it seems effortless. But you also, I guess, have the fun aspect. So what yeah. I see is that you build confidence. Thank you. Yeah, um, I guess I hadn't looked at it from that perspective, but the feedback that I get from, from mm -hmm. clients is, you know, that I am able to blend it in such a seamless way that they learn without realising that they've taken something on completely new because I guess while we're also um, painting, which is, is one of the main things we do, or drawing at the time, yeah. I'm also coaching them. Yeah. 
You are. And also talking about some of the things that might be holding them back, some of the mindset challenges that they might have about whether they can or can't do it. And so I drop these little gems in while I'm teaching them. And they, because they're open and creating, it's like um, having an open heart and being able to directly receive inside the wisdom that I'm imparting. So um, they're able to then start believing in themselves more. And then when they see yeah. the painting at the end that they didn't think that they could do, they're like, holy shit, did I do that? And I'm like, yes, you did. I didn't do it. Like I'm on the other end. I'm doing it online, most of these. I do them in person. But online, you're on the other side of the world and you did that yourself. You're the one who picked up that piece of paper and you're the one who picked up that paintbrush and look what you've done. And So I'm gone. curious, what does that give you as an artist? Because, you know, artists can be quite isolating and now yeah. you're sharing your gift with the world. It, well, it just it, it melts my heart, to be completely honest with you. There, I appreciate and understand the depth of what art, how art can change a person's life, how it can heal a person's life and how it can have a real deep meaning. But the privilege of me being able to share that with someone else and give them that gift is beyond words. I can't really explain to you that in words because it's just like I had the absolute privilege of sharing my most treasured gift if you like with the rest of the world and with many other people and then they can take it and then they can teach it to other people and or they can just keep it for themselves and it can be yeah. a healing the start of a healing process for themselves and I, I just feel so privileged to be able to be in that position to share the things that I love the most with everybody who comes along. Christina, that is just, that's so heartfelt because when you talk about it, your whole body just lights up. You can just see that you're so passionate about it and, you know, you're giving that gift to people and you're giving them something that they never thought was possible. Yeah, this is it. We we have so many limiting beliefs around art and it usually comes back to the catalyst of when they were younger. They would have been in a class or in school and a teacher would have said to them, what's that? You know, like when they drew like their, yeah. their parents or something like, that's my mum. Can't you tell that that's my mum? Well, the teacher couldn't. And so all of a sudden the confidence has been torn away from that child. And and because we're so young and we don't know how to handle our emotions, you hang on to that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Your whole rest of your life. And, and one of the things mm. that I also do with my clients is, I really love old paper. I've got this passion yeah. for old paper. And so I... And when you say old paper, are you talking about any, like, wrapping paper, newspaper? All sorts of paper. It doesn't matter what it was. Yeah. But particularly books. Like, I really love mm. antique books. I love how thick the pages are. I love how yes. the print on it sort of is impressed into it. And when you actually collage it into the back of a background of a painting and then you paint over the top gives you a surface like no other surface but when you're tearing up a, an antique book from the 1940s people are horrified that you do that and there's a freedom in actually teaching a class where people who are told that are never allowed to hold a book let alone you know do destroy it yeah. And give them a pair of scissors and they just let fly. It's so freeing to see the joy where, well, this book would have been thrown out. But before my class, they would have thrown out that book, 
before they would have torn it out and taken a picture and stuck it on their wall because they like that picture. And you know, because they were told because the first thing that comes up for me is like 1940s, like I'm destroying it, but you're actually keeping it alive. You are keeping it alive. You know, like it's the amount I don't know. Of- I never thought about that until right yeah. now. The amount of books that go into op shops, like we pass our books to the op shops thinking, oh, someone else will get use of it. Well, they go through the books and chuck them out. If they're not yeah. of a certain quality, then they just don't make it into the shop. And I like the ones that are tattered and torn. I like the ones that have got the edges that are all raggedy because that's what our lives are like. Our lives are all raggedy and torn and tattered. And when you glue all those pieces back together again and use it as a surface for a canvas, you're telling a story about your own life. I love that. So I'm curious then, what is, when we think about all of the wonderful things that you've done since you've changed your being, who you were being, what did you need to believe in order to be the the success that you are today? It's, it's going to sound corny. No, nothing is corny on this show, honey. (laughs) Yeah. But it, like it's believing in myself. Yeah. And that's why it, it sounds a bit corny saying believing in yourself. But at the root of believing in yourself is the fact that you just have to believe in yourself. You just have to go, I've got this. I actually have got this. And we spend so much time trying to measure ourselves by everybody else's yardstick yeah. that we don't ever pull our own yardstick out and go Mm. I'm already good enough just the way that I am so once I was able to master the art of stopping that negative self-talk or talking to that negative self-talk and replying well shut up you just don't have a place here right now I'm actually going to do that despite what you're telling me and start rising myself up to a different level. It wasn't until I got into that mindset that I was able to push through. I still have those fears. Yeah. We're still woman, right? We're still human. Like It's like we're constantly growing and we're constantly evolving. Thank goodness that we're still growing and we don't, you know, fall down and stay down, you know. Yeah. I love that answer. That's so beautiful. You know, and, and I think it's really useful for other people to understand that, you know, we are women in business and yeah. we have shit days just like everybody else. Absolutely. You know, we and have days that you don't even want to put your head up yeah. and you're just like, what am I doing? Like everybody else is doing it so well and I'm not doing it at all. And you're like, then you go back and stock take what you've actually done last week and you go, well, actually <laughs> done quite a bit, you know, and then all of a sudden you've got to acknowledge that, well, you know, you're just comparing yourself. You're comparing yourself to everybody else's very best day. Yes. All lined up yes. at the same time. And like nobody has those sorts of days all the time. Like I love have- that you address yeah. that, right? That's right. Yeah. It's like, you know, one day it's up, one day it's down. And it's finding like the older I'm getting and the more I'm understanding human behavior, the more I'm trying I'm finding that line that goes through the middle. So yeah, I might go up and it might go down, but yeah. it- I don't have these swings anymore because I don't allow that sort of stuff to come into my life. So, you know, on the peaks when, you know, we used to have these people who would influence us and just ruin our days, well, either those people are not in my life anymore or I stop them, you know, when they start going up like that, I'm like, oh, no, that's not happening in my day and I'll actually readjust what's going on because, you know, life's what I make it, you know, every single moment 
And I don't want to waste any of that time with any more regret. I want to have a good time for what's left. Honey, I'm loving the self-management of you. Like it's like you've just taken it, the ownership, right, of this is my life. And if you're not going to fit in my framework, then that's really cool. You continue doing what you're doing, but I'm not going to let your growth or lack of growth have an influence on me. So what a beautiful lesson to share with everyone today. So thank you for that. And I'm just cautious of time because I know that you have another appointment. What is your end goal quickly? My end goal. Okay, so I have a big vision um, to creatively change the world one box of crayons at a time. And I want to put a box of crayons into the hands of every man, woman and child who ever um, can imagine something different in their lives and be dare to pick up a box of crayons and draw that dream, which could possibly change their lives. And I have a number which I believe um, I'm going to work towards, and that is 1% of the world population, which is 66 million people. So that's my big-ass vision is to get 66 million boxes of crayons out into the world for yeah. people to draw their dreams and realise them. I'm just trying to wrap my head around 66, what, million or billion? Yeah. Million. Million, yeah, 66 million. All right, how's this then? What will that give you once you've done it because it's already done? What will it give me? It will it 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 won't be what will it give me? It's what will it give every person who has a box of crayons that have dared to have a dream actually realizing that dream because they dared to put it down on paper. <gasps> cuz oh. once it's down on paper, there's your evidence. Hello. Oh my gosh. There's your a evidence. Beautiful, beautiful way to wrap up today. And it's been a really short episode. And I'm definitely going to bring you back on if that's okay, because we're oh. both um we've got our book launched this. We're becoming authors at the end of this year together. Yeah. So I'm yeah. so stoked about that. And our forgiveness book, which will be released on the 11th of the 11th at 11 o'clock. <laughs> so I'd I'd love to interview you about that process and how you found it on the podcast, if that's okay. And how can people get in touch with you, Christina? Okay, so I'm in the process of finalizing my website, but it is coachingtheartistway.com. And yeah. um, it, it, the best way is through that or actually just look me up on Facebook. It's Christina Johns on Facebook um, and Coaching the Artist Way on Facebook as well. So just send me your questions, your queries, your art problems. Love to actually talk to you and chat about that. No worries at all. And I guess it's also really um, prevalent to just mention that people think they have to come to you. You run workshops for companies, for organizations, yes, for absolutely. families, You and you do these all via Zoom. People yes, think you have to come, but you actually oh. don't. Yeah, so I do that all around the world um, for people on Zoom. So it does. we're not restricted by space anymore. And um, I also can do in person. So if you want to fly me to Botswana and run a class, I am there. That's not a problem. Passport's up to date. Yeah. Um, but no, we do travel. Um, that's not, a, I'm located in Australia, but Zoom is the best way to go. And a lot of people think that because it's a hands-on experience that they can't actually have the same sort of class that they would have if it was in person. And I beg to differ because the way that I deliver classes is all immersive and it's all in. And you have your own little studio space at home, where, yeah. even if it's at your kitchen table. 
but you are fully in my class when you come to my class and so is everybody who's in there and you know we've had large groups of people um each of them the feedback um and we'll be getting that up on the website soon um is like this individual experience for each person so it's not limited and there's also one-on-one so if you really want to dive deep into changing your life and you want to look at life from a creative perspective because I can't look at life ordinarily. It has to always be. Thank goodness for that or we never would have met. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So um, so there's a privileged few spaces available for one-on-ones. Mm. Um, people want to have a talk about that too. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for that, honey. And I look forward to connecting at a later date. Remember the 11th of the 11th, we're going to be launching our book and I will definitely love to bring you back on. So thank you for your words of wisdom today. Sending you wonderful big hugs all the way in Melbourne. Thanks very much, beautiful. Thanks, Ash. See you, Christina. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, Please share it with a friend or share it on the socials. And don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.